Blog Talk Radio. Back on live, y'all know the vibes, man. PSA, hip hop in the building, man. Watch what's good, my G. Salute, my G. What's poppin'? Man, you know the vibes already, man. You know what I mean? Let's get into this, Watts. We have revisited so many albums of hip-hop, it's not even funny. Um, it's kind of wild that we've done Nas, J. We've done a couple of J projects. We've done two J projects. We've done two Nas projects. We've done a Tupac project. And we have not touched the notorious B.I.G. for whatever reason that is, right? But let's get into this, man. Ready to Die, B.I.G. is one of your favorite rappers of all time. Can you explain before we get into the meats and potatoes of this album what this project meant to the culture in 1994, my guy? This album basically brought the East Coast, New York City back into commercial relevance in hip-hop. Uh, by the time this album came out, Snoop ran hip-hop. Snoop and Dr. Dre ran hip-hop. It was just that simple. Um, they had, you know, they had the Chronic and Doggy style. The Murders Was the Case soundtrack was out. Snoop was just a monster. He was he was a, he was he was something like hip-hop I'd never seen in terms of, to say, superstar Wait, come on, artists. come on, come on, come on, come on. You're a Brooklyn, you're, you're a New York nigga giving up love to the West Coast? Is that what you're doing right now? I'm being sarcastic when I say that. Um, and if you notice, we also have a doggy style appreciation. So we, we actually reviewed a Snoop album. Two Brooklyn dudes reviewed a Snoop album before Biggie. But uh, this album was a very important album to hip-hop. And just it was special to me because it was a dude from my neighborhood. Literally, I could walk to where he lived. You know what I'm saying? We came from the same exact area. We're the same exact age. So I really, really connected and bonded with Big's lyricism and his music just because he was just he was very relatable to me in terms of just who he was. And then he was dead nice. So imagine you love hip-hop, and then you hear a dude who had his own unique style just like Kane was different from Rakim and Chuck D was different from Flick Rick, Biggie did not sound like anybody. He had his own flow, which was amazing. So I was the, the anticipation for this album, let me just say, was a very high for me personally. Were, were. I watched, man. That was well said, my G, first of all. Let me give you props on that. Um, now, let's talk about this, man. Biggie Smalls, Ready to Die. Uh, let's skip the intro and let's get right into Things Done Changed. And I got to say, watch the Dr. Dre voice sample does stand out to me, family. Um, Biggie, man, remember back in the days when niggas had waves, gazelle shades and corn braids? Picture pennies. Honey had the hot top jellies. Shooting Skelly, Mother F was all friendly. 
lounging at the barbecue, drinking brews with the neighborhood crews, hanging on the avenue. Yo, dog, that is like, fam, it, 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 I mean, to sum up Brooklyn, New York, in just those lines, summertime, neighborhood crews, gazelle shades, like, fam, this is just a perfect song, watch. Second verse, back in the days, our parents used to take care of us. Look at them now. They even effing scared of us. And that's so relevant now in 2020. And we talk so much times, and I know you hate when people go in this bag, but the way Big was rapping, man, a lot of stuff, because, you know, you're going back to revisit the album, was a lot of his bars are so relevant in today, in 2020, bro. You get what I'm saying? A lot of relevant bars, man. Three verses, because the streets is a short stop. Either you sling and crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. It's hard being young from the slums, eating five-cent gums, and not knowing where your next meal is coming from. My mom's got cancer in the breast. I'm asking my motherfucking stress. Watch got it, man. God damn, Biggie, man. Talk to me, man. This is amazing, man. You know, I, 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 I think you, I think, I think you summed it up perfectly. You know, the Dr. Dre voice sample just gets you know influence the influence that the West Coast has. You can clearly hear there was a West Coast influence yes. because that was a major, point. major. I mean, that was the sound of hip hop at that time. And um, as you said, you you accurately summed up this entire song. Three verses of rhyming and rapping, like and that's when the you, story when y'all of the album. Watch when you guys want to talk about, uh, you know, who's the best rapper this and that, and y'all dudes is hitting us with these one verses or even these simple two verses. Like, right. there's a reason why Big goes down as an MC lyricist. For real, three man. Verses. For real, son. Three verses, painting a picture, and I mean, this man describes everyday life of of me growing up of the life that I know he he explains it gazelle shades I like I know all like, everything he describes <laughs> I, I vividly remember you know and listen in that era we're talking about early 90s crack was still running wild in the street Facts. and high school you want to get out the hood even selling he said, "Either you selling crack rock, or you got a wicked jump shot." Got a wicked jump shot. Dope song to study the law. Which, by, by the way, uh, it's a theme to how. So, or if you have this album on cassette, which I had, right? I bought this on cassette. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Side A was there was no fast forward material on side. A. No, none Not at all. Song. None at Not all. One none. Song. And, and I'm going to take it here. And, and I, you know what? I'm going to save it as we, as we keep talking. I'm going to save that bar as we keep going on. Um, next song, watch, Give Me the Loot. Now, first off, to you, the young boys out here listening to this show, the word loot means money, cheese, bread, dinero. That was our word in the 90s, Give Me the Loot. This is just a basically armed robbery song at its finest story. Great storytelling. Yes, I'm going to make sure I'm going I'm to drum this. A lot in you Negroes' heads. Great storytelling by B.I.G., a.k.a. Frank White. The way Big is playing with his voice is just dope to me, man. Like, people thought at first that was Big featuring somebody else, and that's Big. How creative is that, man? Goodness gracious, the papers, where the cash at, where the stash at, niggas past that. Like, just a grimy song 
you know, even females was catching it, man. I'm taking high school rings. Watts, I'm taking high school rings. That's our era talk, my nigga. I'm taking high school rings to bitches get shot to their earrings and bangles. And when I rock and drop her, I'm taking the door knockers. And if she resists it, back up, back up, yo. Five mic song, man. Three verses again. Talk to me, Watts. Not only, not only is it three verses, this is a very creative song. Like, it's not, it's not like I want to show you that I'm nice, right? So I'm just going to tell you a street tale. But he's rapping from two different perspectives. He's rapping as the robber, and then he's telling his story. Crazy. Crazy. That is Crazy. amazing. That is doing Crazy. this as a 21-year-old. That is amazing. I remember when I first heard this song, I was like, oh, this is crazy. Now, full disclosure, I had half of this album in 93, a full year before it dropped. So I had played this, these songs completely out, and I was giving it to everybody. I was like, yo, Biggie Smalls is the nicest dude out. Biggie Smalls, yes, I was telling everybody that. Wait till you see this dude. Wait, wait, wait. And by the time Betty Dot came out, everybody knew. But, um, yes, this is another creative song, phenomenal storytelling, phenomenal clarity, three verses of rapping. Yo. His first two songs are just amazing, man. I got Biggie with back-to-back. Wait for it, Watts. Five Mike songs. That's a fact. So keep it um, going. Let's go. Next song, Watts. Machine Gun Funk. Jesus Lord, man. Watts, the first oh, thing on, that on, comes to my mind. What's up? Talk no, me. I wanted to say, first of all, we didn't give props to Easy Mo B for producing Give Me The Loot. Fact. Because we're at the same album where okay. Easy Mo B is going on his Five Mike production run. So let's let's be very Thanks. clear. Easy Moby from Lafayette Gardens, LG Projects, literally across the street from where I live. I literally walk outside, and it's right across the street. That's where Mr. C's from. That is where Easy Moby is from, okay? And he produced some of these classic songs to Easy Moby. You heard big. Moby got beat. Facts. Um, Next one, watch Machine Gun Funk. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear this, man, it's just Big's first couple lines, man. So you want to be hardcore with your hat to the back. Talk about the gats in your raps. That is still relevant and still relevant in 2020 with these young boys out here. So you want to be hardcore with your hat to the back. Talk about the gats in your rap. But I can't feel like this. If Biggie was alive in 2020, Watts, and he set off his bars with that, it still would sound ill to me, man. The flows, the words, metaphors for big yeah. is at a is at yeah. an all time high. The Lords of the Underground sample, um, like three incredible verses, man. Big's wordplay also is dope, man. Another five mic song for me, man. Uh, uh, I agree. One. Another five mic song. Another five mic song. Another song where uh, you can tell Biggie's just a hip hop head. You know, they sampled Lords of the Underground. Now, a lot, to a lot of people today, Lords of the Underground are a forgotten group from Facts. North New Jersey. Not for me. But Not for me. Sampling that voice, sampling Mr. Funky Man's voice Word. was fire because I live for the funk. I die for the funk. I like, die for the funk. Really, 
It really made it fire. That was Mr. Funky Man from Lords of the Underground to a lot of people. Come on, 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 come no, no, but Mr. Funky Man was the had. The second single they had was in the Chief Rocker. Yes. Well, I'm asking the I first like single they had in Chief Rocker. I, 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 I like Mr. Funky Man. I like I like Mr. Funky Man better. Okay. Okay. Three verses again, Watson. Talk to me. Three verses again, sir. What are we doing? With machine gun. Three, three, three verses again. Three, three verses again. Another straight out the uh, another home run. Another home run. I need you. Hold on. I need you to explain this to me, Watson. How do you have five mic verses with three verses on mass songs? Let, let that breathe. How does how the hell and, does Big as have five at, three mic verse like three five mic verses? And and, and to all you guys who like he's young, he's young. This is a twenty-one year old rapping this. This is a twenty-one year old because I lo- I love seeing people when they talk about rappers. They love to talk about these rappers' age, where they're like, "Oh, he's gonna grow and he's gonna mature and he's gonna get to some point." Well, how about when you come out the gate and you seem like you have it already? You have right. the full package. You have the full package. This is him at twenty-one years old. So yeah, three verses again. Five my song Jesus production. Easy Mo B again. Easy Mo B. How did you know to get Mr. Funky Man sample? I would love to talk to you about that. Word. Um, next song, my G. Warning. My God, man. The beeper era. How big had the beeper going off in the song? The phone ringing in the song, and then Big just goes into some of some of the best. Yes, wait for it. Some of the best storytelling on a song I've ever heard in my life. Now. A lot of times, you young boys talk about movie. This is a movie. No, this song was a movie, a movie. Who the f is that paging me at five forty six in the morning? Crack the door and now I'm yawning. I have to call out my eyes. See who this paging me and why? Like I would judge you niggas if you talk, tell me and watch it. You like Biggie and you don't know those bars. I would judge you if you do not know those bars. I love the video to this song. Damn niggas want to stick me for my cream. And it ain't a dream. Things ain't always what it seems. It's the ones that smoke blunts with you see a picture. Now they want to grab the gun and come and get you. Relevant bars. It's going to be a lot of slow singing and flower bringing if my burger law starts ringing. That nigga is disgustingly nice, man. Another five mic song, man. Go ahead, watch. Not only is this a five mic song, but I say this is Biggie's greatest storytelling song. I believe this song I'm is not better than story to tell. I'm not mad. I at believe that, that one really is a better storytelling song than story to tell. Okay, let me first give Easy Moby his flowers. Easy Moby, this is an incredible ill beat. And I'm right. gonna say this. This this is if you're gonna say what's Biggie's top five songs of all time, this is a song that's going to be in his top five songs of all time. It's Biggie's perfect song. Not only was the song so perfect, they actually released this song as a video and a single, which was amazing. Biggie's flow and delivery on Warning is perfect. It's perfect. It's lyricism. See, people think lyricism, it has to be, you know, if you say dead in the middle of Italy or 
you know, um, wake up to the mathematics of an erratic rap. Like, you, it, like it has to be this verbal wordplay that just connects and goes fast, and, and it sounds super lyrical. This is a lyrical song because the point of the song is after you heard the song, did you get the story? Did you know exactly what it was talking about? Did you, did you yes, clearly get the picture painted for you with this song? Okay. Dog, it is he basically gave me a whole story. He gave us a whole story, even shout out to MOP. Now nah, my niggas not fame up in prospect. Like, little, like, Big painted a ill story. I guarantee you, when the, I, I would have loved to hear see Diddy's face and everybody else's face when he brought up brought them up to the lab when they heard the to let them hear warning for the first Dude, time. I remember, like, I remember when we would play warning and everybody would just nod their head and rap the song. We would just be looking at each other like, "Wow, this is so incredible." Like, you remember how it would be when you played this on your boys and y'all would just yes, go out and just, like, nod your head and rap it word for word? Like, this is what's so crazy about Biggie. Biggie had them songs that when they came on, everybody rapped it word for word. It yeah, just, man. Oh, yeah, man. This, this is my jam. This is no. Who the F is this? Paging me. At, you know what I'm saying? We just rapped it. Oh, what a, this is another Easy Moby masterpiece. Another, another. Top five biggest song of all time. It's Dogs, what are we doing? What, what are we? What are we doing that every song so far we give a big five mics? It's 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 and, and let's be clear. This is this is how it was received. It was like people heard it was like just imagine that a lot of people in New York, Jersey, and the tri-state had most of this album already on mixtapes. Yeah, or, that's on, right. On, that's on right. The, that's and yet, when it came out, we were still playing it like it was some brand new. We never heard it before. Yep. It's insane. Wow. Um, next song, Watts. Title of the song, Ready to Die. Let me say this off of Rip Watts. This song, to me, gets no respect when people talk about Ready to Die or talk about Biggie's catalog of songs. There's always songs by your favorite artists, whether it's Wayne, Tupac, whoever, Redman, whoever you want to throw out there, who you like a lot, right? That they have songs that's under the radar, that's that especially guys like myself and you because we don't really do the traditional well Biggie Jay Z Nas or the traditional um, songs from that particular artist. Like oh we're gonna like more money more pops. No, there's un- other songs that's under the crack that people don't talk about, and I really believe watch this is when Ready to Die comes into play. I'm going here, man. Big's first verse on this album is so underrated. As I grab the Glock, put it to your head piece. Went in the chamber to sort the safety release at your dome. Like, I get techniques dripping up my, my butt cheeks, pause. Slip, sleep on my stomach so I don't F up the sheets. Like, F the world, my mom's and my girl. My life is played out like a jerry curl. Like, me and you was walking around saying lines like that. Like, those lines right there, F my mom's and my girl. My life is played out like a jerry curl. I'm ready to die. Love this song, man. Ready to die, man. Love it. This is one of Biggie's most slept-on songs of all time. I have no idea why nobody talks about it, but this is an incredible, ill, lyrical song. When people say to me, yo, it's Biggie lyrical, and people try to trigger me by saying, yo, pun nice in the Biggie. And I don't have a problem with people saying that because I love puns and lyricism the same way, but I think y'all are judging two different kinds of lyricism. Ready to die is lyricism. I mean, he was using a style 
when he was like, straight out your dome, Holmes, I want to see Cabbage, Biggie Smoke the Savage, doing your brain cells much damage. Teflon is the material for the Imperial. Mike Ripper, girl stripper, the Henny stripper. I mean, he's just... And remember, Hustle and Trick it again, but they, they did a whole song with that kind of flow. Yeah. You know, the yeah. girl stripper, the Henny stripper, the, they did... Mm-hmm. And, and mind you, is this like four-verse song? Or three verses? Yeah, man, because... No, it's three verses, but the thing about it, Big went to um a verse, a verse, and then went to the hook. Verse went to the hook. Verse went to the hook. But the verses were not. I'm not gonna say they were short, but yo, once again, he gave us three verses, man. This is Big giving us three verses of pain. Once again, once again, once again, man. I love this song, Ready to Die, man. And when, when I, it's funny because as I'm doing a deep dive before we did the show, it's like, man, no one really talked about this song at all, in my opinion. But Oh, well, listen, it's a um, song that I absolutely loved. And I ne- I mm. love this song. Never never fast-forwarded this song. Side A, zero fast-forward, man. You just let it play. <laughs> Remember what Big said? I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Yeah. This, is, the, yeah, this is what he meant. This is what he meant. Yeah. Facts. Um... Next song, One More Chance, the original version. Um, the baby intro to have baby girl. <laughs> you know, you chicks get up my daddy's. Like that, Bobby, that's some next ish right there. Um, then Big goes into answering, you know, you know, machine, answering machine with a bunch of ladies calling his phone and everything. And then Big went straight into his version of Indian Girl in a sense, man. I wonder if Ghostface Killer... Wildflower song was influenced <laughs> at all by this song, man. Um, like when Big said, here I go, here I go, but I'm like Domino. You and I spoke about West Coast talking that he did. That's another West Coast thing that he did right there. Here I go, here I go, but I ain't Domino. You know what I'm saying? That telling me Big was paying attention <laughs> to what's going outside. You know what I mean? Um, what he said, the, hun- the next battle, the next battle, Hair to shatter, your bladder, it doesn't matter. Skinny or fat, light skin, the black baby, I dropped Boricua, Bobby. So I like, yo, Big was wild on here, man. Um, and how how about this? Incorporating the Ghetto Boys beat, mind playing tricks on me also in this song, man. One more chance, man. Talk to me, watch. When it comes to sex, I'm similar to the Thriller in Manila. Honey's call me bigger, the condom filler. The condom Whether filler. Biggie squeeze it to make shit fit. Now check the shit. I got the pack of rough riders in the back of the Pathfinder. You know the epilogue by James Todd Smith. That was fire. That was fire. He's talking That's about LL Cool J. Actually, my deep. That's when episode. Big is talking about. Man, that was fire the way he said that shit. The way he said that off. This song, you know, a lot of people always say to me, yo, I like the original One More Chance better than the than the remix. A lot of people tell me that. This is the original One More Chance. Mm. It was just too raw, though. It was too yeah. raw. So he had to remix it and make it make it safe, you know, for radio. Yeah. Because this is the raw <laughs> right. version. And this is yeah. big, just spazzing, being dead nice. Mm. Another ill, uh, ill song. Another ill song, another ill song, man. Um, next joint, Juicy, man. I mean, I'm going to just say this, man. I'll make it short and sweet, man. This is a Smithsonian song. This is a Hall of Fame song. And for the for Big not liking the beat originally that Diddy says he didn't like the beat, 
And for Bay Knight to like the beat and still come out with the, what he came out with, to make a legendary song on his resume, this is a universal song. I love the video to this song. Spread love, Mr. Brooklyn Way, man. Five mics, man. Talk to me, man. What do you say about Juice? No, recently, like, recently, recently on Twitter, uh, a guy posted, you know, songs by my favorite artist that I don't like. And he said, Juicy. And he actually posted a video of him saying he liked nothing about the song and I've never heard everything, about, everything about the song seemed off. It was flabbered. And I, did I tweet him back? Juicy. I tweeted him back and said, this is the worst take I've ever heard in hip-hop in my life. Especially about yeah, that's a crazy. song like it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Word Up so magazine. Can just read exactly like, what that means. What, what Word Up magazine was back in the day. Damn, I used to go like, to the gas station, man. Something. Dogs, I would be going to school in the shuttle, man. They'll have there's a magazine that the guy in the train station, and I was copying Word Up magazine. So when Big is saying shit like that, that's my childhood, my nigga. Like I cannot. That meant the world to me because I understand. What Big is saying, he's speaking through the eyes of me and watching right now. Shit that me and you was copping. So when niggas is saying they can't rock with this song, I gotta look at you funny stuff. I'm so sorry. I don't. I've never met a nigga in my life, in my 40 years of living, has any has has ever said anything bad about Juicy. Never. Like I've never heard that. That's like breaking news to me. That's like shocking to me that somebody could diss Juicy, man. That's just me though. You know, you said something that was perfect. Biggie was basically talking about our life growing up in hip-hop. Me and your life. He literally said it. You know, remember rapping Duke, the ha, the ha? You never thought the hip-hop that's would take it this far? Like, like that, that's us. There was this rap song. And when we heard that, we absolutely remembered it because yeah. that's me and you growing up listening yeah, to hip-hop. When, when he said, Ron G, Boosie B, Kid Capri, Funkmaster Flex, Love Buck Starsky. That's my era, man. How can you? That's my era, man. You say I got There's something about this song I don't like. There's something I, I about this song that it, doesn't make sense to me. This is a song. Sorry, this is a five mic Smithsonian song. Like, what are we talking? Like, what are niggas talking five, about? Five, hey. five mic, five mic Smithsonian song, and uh, just to be clear, Biggie Smalls. Album hasn't just there hasn't been anything less than a four and a half to five mic song. That's yet. a fact on the album. That's a fact. That is a fact. And by the way, side mm-hmm. side A is over. Side A on the tape is yeah. over. So you just listen to you just listen to an illmatic side of an album, straight yep. up and down. Yep, that's a fact. Wow, somebody said they really don't like Juicy. That's alrighty then. Um, next song. Um, Everyday Struggle. I'm gonna go here. Yeah, let, let me ask you something. Before, mm. before we go to Everyday Struggle, where, where do you have the what anywhere? Or do you still have the what coming up? Oh my God, did I skip the what? Am I? Yeah, hey, I think you did. Wow. Yeah. Bugging. Pardon self. Pardon self. Because first off. How shame on me. I cannot skip the what when only guest appearance is M A T H O D man. You know the guy who spit the five mic verse on Conway's Lemon? 
That guy. Dog, let me just say this, man. I love Brooklyn's Finest, man, but I don't know if I love Brooklyn's Finest on Jay-Z's album more than I love the what, man. I don't know why. I don't know, man. This is lyrical warfare, and for Big to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to grab one guy to be against the parents, and I'm going to grab one of the hottest niggas that I respect very much is M-A-T-H-O-D, man. And for these two brothers, I mean, we can sit there to a blue in the face and say who had the best verse. We can, we can play that game all you want. But overall, this is a five-mic song. This is a Hall of Fame song for me personally. This song moved the needle. Um, this song, in my opinion, doesn't get talked as enough as it should when we talk about collaborations. And for Biggie and Method Man to go back and forth on some lyrical warfare shit, this is just more than this is just amazing on all levels, man. Just amazing, man. This is a historic song of an historic era in hip hop. One of the greatest years in hip hop was nineteen ninety four. Method Man, the standoff star of Wu Tang Clan, dropped his album to Cal. Uh later in ninety four, Big dropped Ready to Die in August of ninety four. Big has always said Method Man is the hottest dude on the street. I want to get the hottest dude in the streets on my album, and it was Method Man. These two, you can clearly tell they're in the studio together. Not, yo, let me email my verse to you. Wasn't, we didn't have that technology then. Um, first of all, I, when I talk and rap, there's quotes on here that I always talk about. I agree with Swing you. Too many round quotables. Too many round quotables. This, this is... This is so many quotables. But you know what I really love? After they sit, did their first verse together, when they were writing it together, you can clearly see Biggie. You know, Biggie felt like, I, I need to show mess. I belong here. I'm, I'm here. Like, I, I'm one of those dudes. I want his respect, right? right. When Big set off his first, welcome to my center. Honey's feeling deep and late for center. Cold as the pole in the winter. Far from the inventor, uh, but I got this rap shit told, and when my Mac unload, I'm guaranteed another video. Another video. Ready to die? Why act this way? Back that Bob way. Duke left Mark Duke. Dukes left the Mark Dukes to fact back Yo, my man, I thought this this is a another superior Hall of Fame Smithsonian five mic song, historic five mic collabo. The fact that Method Man. The fact that Method Man in 2020 could be dropping ill verses with Conway, and then we're going to 1994, and Method Man <laughs> is showing you that Method Man has always been dead nice and has never fallen off, like literally never. And this is why I tell people all the time, you think Method Man and, and all these dudes is rapping ill, Method Man, Sheik Luch, and Styles and all them is still nice, but Big wouldn't be nice? Biggest yeah, rapper with all of them. He would be so ill. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, this is just another classic, historic song. Man, I love this song, man. Um, wow. Um, next song, man, Everyday Struggle. Um, I have not used this word yet since we've been talking about Big. But yes, man, introspective Frank White, man. Poor man's talking. Poor man's struggles. Baby on the way, mad bills to pay. That's just like, baby on the way, mad bills to pay. I mean, whatever, man. Um, the hook is very deep. 
I don't want to live no more. Sometimes I hear death knocking at the front door. Wait for it. Three dope verses again. Yeah, B.I.G. Five mic verses. All three of them things. Chef Tress voice. Everyday struggle, man. Talk to me, man. Everyday struggles. Second verse is big going lyrically bonkers. Literally going bonkers. I had the master plan. I'm in the caravan all the way into Maryland with my man Two Tech to take over the project. They call him Two Tech. He toasts Two Tech. Are you serious? Biggie just did triple entendre right there. Just, just like, like it was nothing. Come on, man. Like you said, man. Three verses again. Introspective. And you know what's funny? Big had introspective. This, this ain't the only song we got introspective on it, by the way. Nah, We're going to get to another one. But because we're reviewing it the way we review modern albums, and now we're doing that to this, just hearing it, it's like, my God. But this is a 21-year-old dude just being very and descriptive. That's what I was saying when I listened to the project this morning. I'm like, yo, fam, I've listened to Ready, Die, Ready to Die so many times. But then when me and Watson review an album show, and I got to sit there and, and really listen to everything, and I'm taking notes, bro, it's like, Yo, big was that nigga times five, man. Times five, man. And it was it's like not even just the bars, the flow and the energy and the cadence that big displayed, man, is just top notch, man. Go ahead, man. There's a reason why at the '95 Soul Awards, Biggie won all the awards, and Nas sat in the crowd broke. You know who was <laughs> winning Soul Awards at '95? It was Wu. It was Mob when we yeah. brought Mob up with them. And it was yeah. Big who did it for Brooklyn. And Big was winning all the shit. And Niles will tell you that story. I sat there broke. I had no money. I had to borrow clothes to wear. And this was in 94 when Niles dropped Illmatic. So the way yep. history has put Illmatic as something that redefined rap, that was not the Come reality on. in 94. Yeah, let's stay there. Can we stay there for I'm glad you went in that bag, sir. I would love to have this conversation right now where we, as we talk ready to die. Is it me or the culture? Yeah, they love big. Yeah, when March 9th rolls around, watch. They want to throw the big IBIG songs and everything like that. Niggas want to do deep dive into Biggie Smalls music and everything like that, right? They want to bring out the BIG shirts and everything, right? But the culture, for some reason, deems Illmatic as the done data of 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 ninety of the of the early of the nineties and shit. Over ready to die, and I'm I'm gonna say this: I'm not mad if the culture does that, but if someone tells me they got ready to die over Illmatic, I can't get mad. Can you? It's not even you can't get mad. It's just it it that wasn't the reality of how hip hop was. More people bought. Let's, okay, we'll just say the streets mess with Ready to Die more than Illmatic. That's a fact. That came. I think niggas debate, forget. Right? I think niggas forget that Illmatic. Not, I think niggas forget that Illmatic. And yes, Jay, I got to get to you also. Illmatic and Jay Z, reasonable doubt, did not sell like Ready to Die to Cal. Like Meth and Big were moving and shaking way more than reasonable doubt. You, these, were the two, these were the two biggest artists coming from New York City, without question. And they had all the radio play. They had the, they had the parties. Um, 
there was literally, you couldn't even come. Nas had the lyrical five mics in the source, but that's all he had. Big had everything else you would want in hip-hop. In hip-hop, you want to get money, you want to get fame, you want to get the cars, you want to get all that. Big got all of that. And then Big was with a crew, bad boy, that had that was moving and shaking in the culture. So you couldn't even come. No, wow. you couldn't even come off the Big in 94 in terms um, of where. Something underrated also when Big is writing for Little Kim and Little C's. That's, that, that, that to me is very underrated. Oh, I mean, it's not, it's not a big appreciation, that, but that's just very underrated on, we, on his, on his um, resume. And he, wait, wait. You mean how he just never talked about he was a ghostwriter and literally wrote for his whole yes. crew? Like every Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes, that part. Um, but yes, that's I, I think they struggle introspection. Yes. Yes, very, very introspective, very much so, man. Dope. B.I.G. song, five mic, three verses, man. Um, next song, Me and My Biatch. Um, not one of my favorite songs, but it's not a song that I don't like either. I'm not going to say, say I don't like it either, right? Um, Big did have a pause-worthy line on here. You look so good. I sucked on your dick. You really know the rest of that. Pause. Um, sounds like a chick that was down for whatever, as Biggie's talking about his, his main squeeze, like a body and Clyde type of song. Wait for it. Another song with three verses from Big. There it was. Thank you for saying that he, it was like a Bonnie and Clyde song because we know somebody else did a Bonnie and Clyde song years later. Biggie did it first. I couldn't make a theme of Biggie did it first, but I'm not going to, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> that Biggie did once again, give you three. I like, okay. This is what I need to know. Biggie went into the studio. Like I can't, this song ain't finished. I got to, I got to do another verse. Like he was writing verse. Huh. Dog, I need to know him, him writing three verses on, on every song. Like that's that's like, wow, to have three verses on every song and not all three verses are banging. Like that's crazy. Let me let me tell y'all how amazing this is. Just to really know, just to put this in perspective for y'all, we love the infamous and Cuban links. Our favorite songs, both rappers are only spitting one verses a piece. Yeah, race. Yeah. Like it only they would spit one verse a piece. Biggie's on an album by himself. One gets the parents, and he is rapping three verses. You can't That's get crazy. ready to die and, and, and look for a guest appearance or one. You have to be a fan of Big. You bought the album because you wanted yep. to hear Big rhyme, and you know what he did? Yep. He rhymed and gave you rhyming. And like you said, this is not my favorite song. If there was a song I might fast forward. This would be a song I would fast forward. I don't. It's not one of my favorites. That's what I'll say. But it's not right. a bad song based right. on it's what not he a was bad doing. Song either. Right. Based on right. the, uh, the 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 message he was trying to do about him and his girl. I, it's a four mic song to me. I'll give it a four mic song, and that's not bad to say. You got a four mic song on your project. I'm sorry to tell you that. Um, next song, Watts. Wow, wow. Another Smithsonian song, another Hall of Fame song, another first ballad Hall of Fame song. Let's be clear on that. That is Big Papa. Um, when you decide to get a Isley Brothers sample and flip it so well, uh, the video is a classic. Back of the club, sipping nowhere is where you find me. The back of the club, Mac and Hose, my crew's behind me. I got Chronic by the Tree. Wait for it again. 
three mic. I keep telling y'all, this three mic verse B.I.G. is going to be talk heavy on the show today. Chopping O's, smoking live off the moles, money hoes and clothes. All a nigga knows. That word plays ridiculous, man. Five mic song, man. Big Papa, man. Talk to me, man. First of all, I want to highlight that that people think it's easy to just take, hey, let me take an Entume beat. Let me sample Entume, take that beat, and just rap over it. Now let me take the Isley Brothers and just rap over it, and instantly you got it. You got a hit, and like like it's just easy. If it was easy, everybody would just do it, and that would be. And, and there you go. That's, and that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Because that's, hold on, top of this, you, back you on, have to piggyback on what you're saying. A lot of niggas in today, I think Fat Joe and Remy Ma, they had took a Mint Condition song and they flipped it. I hated that shit. A lot of niggas nowadays are taking R and B songs and they're not flipping. So the piggyback on watching this saying for Big to take an Ivy Brothers song. And freaking and make it a five mic song? Man, stop playing with me, man. Um, so another thing you said that I can't Eurostep. This video was very important to the culture because of the cameos. Now this yeah. is where you know. This is where you start to understand that wow, Big is sort of a big deal in hip hop right now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because the people right. in there chilling, having a good time, then you're like, oh, man. He went from, you know, the dude with the B.I.G. shirt on, with this, on throwing that verse on Supercat, to word, now he's this word. dude with the, with the, uh, can, with, not, with, not the Kango hat. Yeah. Um, you know that hat he used to wear? I forget what, what kind no, of No, I think it was the Kango boy was rocking, OB. You, right. like a Kango, but I know what you mean. 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 Can clearly see his lifestyle change. It was upgraded. The videos were big budget videos. Like by the time Big Papa came out, it was a, it was official. Oh, this is that dude right now. This is that dude right now. Juicy radio play commercial song video. Big Papa radio song commercial video. And mind you, the hood in the streets embraced these songs. It wasn't like yes. the streets did it. Yes, I did. It's like imagine the streets, the radio, the video. Everything about hip hop, people embrace these songs. Now we're telling you as two guys who were in their twenties in the nineties. It wasn't like we was young to know what was going on. We knew exactly what was going on. So once again, Big Papa with uh, just like you said, three and, verses again. And no, but something I want to think about what you said also. You spoke about the the cameos and the videos, man. Yo, between Big Papa and the One More Chance video. Yo, Big, we having he had some star-studded lineups in the videos. Like, like one more chance, his Big Papa video was heavy hitters sliding through, man. You feel me? Um, next song, Watts, uh, Respect, man. Um, not one of my favorite songs, I'm Ready to Die. I do appreciate B.I.G. going into his Jamaican roots. Yes, Miss Wallace, I mean, if you don't know Miss Wallace's career being in Jamaican, I can't be doing it for you. The accent is very strong. I, um, I like the fact Biggie attempted to go in his reggae bag, though, man. I'm not going to lie to you on that. And wait for it again, though. Wait for it again. Three verses on respect, man. Yeah, it was. This is one of my favorite songs on the album, Respect. <laughs> okay. Okay. The All first right. time I heard Respect... It was on a Craig G mixtape, and it was sped up, so it was it was much faster than you hear it now. When I heard this song, man, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" First of all, 
the lyrics that he uses to set this off, I always say it because it applies to me. 1970-something, nigga, I don't sweat the date. My mom's is late, so I had to plan my escape out the skins in this world. The fly Woo. girls, kangaroo and Hennessy until I call Earl. I, no, it's an understatement to say how much I love this song. Rap was secondary, money was necessary until I got incarcerated. Kind of scary. C-74, Mark 8 set me straight. Not able to get behind me. Oh, come on. This song means everything to me. I want you to understand this is one of my favorite big songs of all time. I love the Okay. I didn't know for the years we were together that you love this song like that. I didn't know that you love this song like that. Biggie, Biggie is from, comes from hardcore Jamaican roots. He's a first-generation American, but he's right. parents are right. Jamaican. You know what I'm saying? Right. So when Biggie be doing his Jamaican accent, he really he, he could be like, look, man, I'm, my mother's Jamaican. Like, what you want me to say? <laughs> um, I thought I love the way I love the, the woman who did the hook. I thought I thought it was a five mic hook. The hook, the way she flipped. No, that. yeah, yeah, no, no. I see, no, I'm gonna give you that. Watch, I'm gonna give you that. It's a five mic hook. It sounds like a very Patra or somebody on those. I'm not saying it's Patra, yes, but it sounds very yes. Patra-ish. You know, it can be Patra too. Be, I'm not that check that though. But yeah, I, I do like the, the five mic hook though. Follow me, follow me, follow me. See, commercial. Yo, yo, three. I love this song. I love. This is one of my go-to favorite big songs. I did not know. Okay, so you like imagine. I really like this song. You know, I don't know when he goes rappers necessary. Rappers necessary. School man can rap, man. This dude can rap, rap. Yeah, man. Yeah, for real, for real. Um, next song, friend of mine. Um, I don't like the beat to this song. This is not one of my. This is like this is not even. This is one time for your mind times on steroids, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? This is not one of my favorite songs, but I would say this though: they 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 give us three verses on there, man. You know what I mean? And it's not even my bigs lyrics because the lyrics are on point. Let me be clear on that again. It's just the beat I don't like. It's not bigs lyrics, just the beat. Okay, watch. I agree with you. Uh, this is not one of my favorite songs. I Eurostep the song. I can I can say friend of mine is not one of my favorite songs. Um, Moby produced it But I will say this Just from a historical standpoint At the time we had no idea We were listening to Little Kim We didn't know that was Little Kim Little Kim was on that song That's a fact And, That's a we, fact. and we did not know that I know I didn't know that I, I, did, I did not know that Until I revisited the album years mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. Little Kim was all over this album by the way <laughs> You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and, but, but she's uncredited But Little Kim is on this album Doing the skits, talking. Right. Um, yeah, but this is not one of my favorite songs. As a matter of fact, mm. this is my least favorite song. Yes, mine too. Mine too. But then Big picks it back up <laughs> with another five like song. One of my favorite songs by B.I.G. Period. Let me slow that down again in my conceited voice. Unbelievable is one of my favorite B.I.G. songs. It's one of my favorite DJ premiere with for it. Not even the beat so much. The scratching aspect of premiere. The scratching that premiere does at the end of this song is just five mics alone to me, man. Live from Bedford Stuyvesant, the livest one. Representing BK to the fullest. Cats are pulling. 
bastards ducking with Big B Buxton. Chicken has me my bathroom. Like, yo, this nigga spending five mic verses on here. You know what I'm saying? Your life is played out like Kwame. If I said it, I meant it. Bite my tongue for no one. Call me evil. Unbelievable. Wait for it again, watch. Three <laughs> verses again on Unbelievable and in all five mics, man. I love Unbelievable. Like, I, like I, re- I, think I need to let you understand that I love Unbelievable, my nigga. From the very first day I heard this song, I love this song. Yeah, man. Buck shouts out the son of Wolf of Lexus Coop, sleep no witnesses. What you think this is? Ain't no amateurs here. I damage and tear MC to hear me. They're too here not to hear me. Clearly, I'm the triple beam dream. 1,000 grams of uncut for the gut. Did Big just give us some Coke talk and we didn't realize Big was just <laughs> listening to some Coke talk? For real though. That's no, Big did give us some Coke a couple of bars. He did. He did, though. Big was giving us Coke Yo, talk, but we didn't know, though. At first, though. Some Coke talk. Okay, so once again, so this was the last song recorded for this album, according to what DJ Premier and Big said. Um, Big was like, Yo, Premier, I need this beat. Premier was like, Yo, I get 20000 a beat. Big was like, Yo, all I got is $5,000. And Primo was like, oh, come on, Big. You know I do more. But oh, but out of the love, Primo gave Big unbelievable. And let me just tell you this. Boy, when Primo got with Big, Jesus Christ, you can tell Big took it very seriously that he was getting a gangster Listen, beat. Man. You can tell Big took Niggas it very seriously that he was getting a beat. Niggas love talking that Nas and Jay-Z with Premier shit. We're not going to like Big don't got fucking classics with, with Primo. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Not only does he have class with Primo, um, like you said, this is one. This is a, this is arguably in most people's top five big songs of all time. It is my mind. Can understand say there was no video for this, but let me just tell you, this song was played on regular radio rotation throughout <laughs> the day, like it was like there was a video. So I don't think you really got to understand in New York City in the tri-state, Biggie's album. Got a lot of radio play, like yes. heavy, yep. heavy radio play. Yep. So I know Nas was standing by, like man, Big is running this shit. Like he knew it. Nobody could on what was going. On. And that's no one shade to Nas, Queens niggas that listen to the show. Relax. I know you Queens niggas hit us real but, quick. But, relax. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They can't debate it. They can't say you lying. Y'all wasn't, the streets were there like unbelievable. All my people from Queens, you know, I always asked my boys from Queens, I was like, yeah, was y'all loving Big like that? And they was like, hell yeah. Like, hell yeah, <laughs> we was loving Big like that. Because I was like, okay, it wasn't just a Brooklyn thing, right? They was like, hell no, we love Big in Queens. And we was playing that shit. So I'm like, okay, I I, I know what it is. Um, So yeah, man, this is this is, this is is just a, a classic, classic hip-hop song with one of the all-time great producers, with one of the all-time great MCs of that era. Wow, man. Um, next song, man. Jesus, Lord, man. I don't even know where to begin with this song. Suicidal Thoughts, man. I'm <sighs> Once again, man, I gotta say storytelling. That's the first music? thing. Is this, is this a mood music song before Joe Budden ever thought of mood music? A song like yes, this? I, I believe Joe Budden and niggas like Eminem heard songs like this, and they were influenced. I'm, I'm, I'm going in. I'm taking it in. I am going there, and I feel comfortable saying that. 
because Joe Budden has made songs similar to this. So has Eminem. I don't know what kind of bag Big was in when he decided to make this particular joint, but I mean, Justin Tim's. I'd rather have. I mean, I all I can say is five mic verses. The creativity on this song, the stuff he was saying on here was very like wow to me. Like really, that's how you feeling because I can't remember at that time up to '94 I heard a rapper have a song like this where I'm like, well, what the hell's going on right now in his mind? Like I like I've never listened to nobody in hip hop. Sorry, Guru, Rakim. Chris, Kane, G-Rap, all y'all, I love y'all, but I've never heard no rapper to B.I.G. When I heard Suicide, I was like, this is some next shit. No, no disrespect to nobody else, but I've never had a rapper where I'm like, what am I listening to right now? Is this nigga really, like, what? Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm lost. My nigga, I'm sort of lost for words. How great so Suicide I'm gonna say this. Yeah, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. This was... This is a five mic verse. Uh, you have to use the word introspection to it because it's 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 deep. Yeah. Like yes. Biggie's not showing how nice I am as a lyricist or I'm a lyrical. He he told the story from the perspective of I'm going to kill myself. And like you said, Eminem does these kind of weird songs, or Joe Budden do these songs about depression and. Wondering if he wants to live and all that. Big did it before them. It, like it, it's here. It's called suicidal thoughts. Not only did he call Earl, it suicidal Earl thoughts. Earl sweatshirt. I know you're a young boy, man, but this is where you might have got your kind of songs that you make. Earl sweatshirt. It's very, this, the songs that Earl sweatshirt make are very suicidal thoughts. It's big, big ish, in my opinion. And 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 at, and and at the end of this song, Big actually kills himself. At the end of the song, that's, that's how it great. ends. That's very. That's why it's very eerie, and that's why it actually fits with the theme of the album. The name of the album is Ready to Die, and Big dies at the end of this album on the last song. That's great. Um, so let me just ask you this. Do you want to do the deluxe version where we add Dreams of Effing and R&B Chick? Because that's on the I, digital version. I love that's that online. Well, listen, let's talk about it. So let's talk about that. It's a very creative song. It's a very creative song. I'm going to go ahead and for him to add in. Once again, listen, man, one thing about Big, man, that I'm going to use the C word and not classic. Obviously, it's classic. I'm talking about creative. Big was very creative, man. Like, if I didn't know that before, I'm, I, he was very creative in the shit he was doing. I mean, we're not doing life, life at the death right now, but God damn, Ten Track Commandments, like, songs like that, like, the nigga is so... Creative man, I don't know what kind of weed he was smoking back in the chocolate time. I don't know Branson where he was going to where he was just coming up with some creative shit, man. This is a dope Why song. Why, I have no, like, I love it. So, so let me just tell you about that song. That song was a banger. It was, it was a street it was banger. Huge. It was a radio banger. They played it at the party banger. And it was very creative. When he was like, Jasmine Guy was fly, Mariah Carey, kind of scary. Wait a minute, scary. what about my honey oh, Mary? The jeans is sticking like the glove. Had a crush on you, said real she love. real uh, love, nigga. Mary J. Blocks, nigga. Uh. 
Hold your horses. I'm going to show you who the boss is. Intercourse. Bosses. Sucks up taking no losses. Biggest wordplay, five mics. Biggie has a five mic perfected wordplay, and he didn't even get to his prime yet, as far as I'm concerned, because he died before That's he was great. 25 years old. Okay? And this man's flow and delivery and wordplay was out of this world. So let me tell you how out of this world it was. Pusha T said, when I recorded Hell Hath No Fury, I recorded every verse as if I was big. If you listen to the way he rhymes on Hell Hath No Fury, he says it. Every verse, I recorded it as if this is how big would rhyme it. And how did... Pusha T sound on Hell Hath No Fury. He was, was he dead nice? He yeah, he's dead nice. He became the most sought rapper on Freeman's after Hell Hath No Fury. On Hell Hath No Fury, they got double XL in XL Magazine. So Biggs just flow, delivery. This man was a lyrical monster. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. It wasn't like, oh, yeah. everybody knew it. And the people who didn't mm-hmm. know it was hating. That was it. If you didn't like Big, you would That's a fact. It's simple. There is no ifs, ands, buts about it. So, now, I'm going ready to die. Big said this. Hold yeah. up. Big said this. <laughs> he said, make a classic like my first LP. And when he said that, I knew exactly what he was talking about. When he said, make you a classic like my first LP. Big wrote that in 96 or early 97. Mm. And it was established. Ready to Die Classic, two years in. It's a classic. I thought that. That's why there was heavy anticipation for Life After Death. Because Ready to Die was a classic. Is a classic. I five have mics. this album, and I'm going to piggyback on everything you just said. I have this as a five mic classic. We're not doing no four and a half mic bullshit talk. We're going five mic. And let me explain why it's five mic so you niggas understand why I'm saying it's five mics. Also, my brother Watts here. Dog, I've never, I can't remember what album where a nigga is spitting three verses and all three verses are five mics on more than four songs. Let that breathe one more time for the niggas in the back in row C who ain't hear me. When have you known a nigga to spit three verses and all verses are all five mics? The nigga went doly. He didn't grab Buckshot Shorty. None of the J with the damage. He didn't grab it. Let me get KRS one. Or let me get Rock Kim or Guru, one of these niggas. Nice and smooth. Pooh Bar, one of these niggas. I I'm going Dolly. And why I just spoke about Method Man earlier about the web joint. That is just like Big has too many five mic songs. Like he like and, and and on all the songs that we're talking about. And even the songs that I really don't care for, they're not terrible. That and I gotta they're not Biggest, biggest light songs. A lot of niggas in the '94 wish they had a light song like some of the songs yeah, that was that was light because most of the material are not light. So I got Biggie Smalls with a five mic certified classic album. And let me say another reason why it's five mics. When and Watson said it earlier, when the West Coast was running ish, when we needed big, we needed ready to die. Let's be clear on that. So yeah, man, B I G. Ready to die, man. This is long awaited, man. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to B.I. R.I.P. Christopher Wallace, man, for real. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is, man. All right, Watts. We're going to the appreciation here, man. We're going to go to New Orleans. Yes. N.O. New Orleans, man. You know what I'm saying? The block is hot. The block is hot. My dude, I say 
Little Wayne Weezy F Baby. Don't forget the F, please. You say what, my G? I want to put a disclaimer before we do this. Okay. Appreciation on Little Wayne. I think Little Wayne's public actions of the past five years have been disgraceful. I don't okay. rock with anything he does in terms of his public statements. You know, okay. his last public statement was standing hand and shoulder with Donald Trump. Because Little Wayne is one of the great rappers of our generation, he has influence. When someone as influential as Little Wayne does stuff like that, it is detrimental and harmful to black people. When he used to go on Sharp Show and Shannon Sharp would say, has racism affected you? And he'd say, no, there is no racism. I've never experienced it. Or then when he'd give interviews and they'd say, does Black Lives Matter? He'd be like, what? What does that mean? Huh? My bitches' lives matter. That stuff is stuff that can't, I can't separate that from who he is. I can't separate it. So that's the disclaimer where I don't rock with Lil Wayne personally of his actions because I view them as anti-black. I view them that way. So I want to get that out the way before we start giving him his okay. acknowledging meant to the culture. So now that I got that now, out the way. Before, before, before you go, before you go, now sometimes during an appreciation, we're going to go and rant like that, people, where we appreciate you, of course, but we cannot, we can't just forget some of the uckery you might have done that we look at you side eyes. So I always want to tell you, appreciation sometimes is good and bad in appreciation. Still appreciate you, but that works. So I think I think Little Wayne is one hundred percent everything that hip hop is. I think he, you could say he's one of the true artists who his whole life has been dedicated to hip hop. You know, yes. as a little kid, he was a rapper, Prodigy. and he has never, and he's never stopped rapping. Um, so he, we, we watched Lil Wayne grow up. We watched his whole career. We watched him grow up, and I thought, I thought it was fascinating that me and you watched Lil Wayne go from the little dude that we used to see with the Hot Boys in Juvenile when Juvenile was the big star, and Manny Fresh was the guy. And there for a second. Stay right there for a second. Listen, I know this is a little way in appreciation, but Juvenile, I got to be real, he was the method man of that clique when they first popped off. It was Juvie, before Turk, before BG, before Weezy. It was, Rizzo was the Manny Fresh. And you and listen, you were not giving Manny Fresh his flowers, allowing it on his show before, especially when he's going out with Scott Storch. But I'm glad you said Juvenile's name, no watch. I just want to highlight that. Well, well, I had to say Juvenile's name because Juvenile dropped a mega – Ton bomb. He dropped one of the, the most successful albums, albums the in history. Yeah. And that 400 Degrees album was huge. So yeah. never in my wildest dreams would I think that the little dude who be rapping with him in his group project, Hot Boys, would actually mm-hmm. surpass him. Because I, I couldn't imagine it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. remember, you had BG, who was, who was big in the streets at that time also. Yes. You had Turk, mm-hmm. you had Baby, you had Manny so I never in my wildest dreams would have thought I'd watch the progression of Lil Wayne from the dude on the um, the Rough Riders Cash Money tour when DMX is the biggest rapper in the world, and then eight years later, Lil Wayne would literally be the sole yep. undisputed yep. king of hip-hop. 
just depending on how you feel about Kanye West. But uh, Wayne, I, know. I would watching, do that. Wayne, watching Wayne that, run ninety nine from the block is hot. And ne- so let me tell you how I was how I was hearing the block is hot. So you know the mixtapes is just play that song, right? The block is hot. The block is hot. So I was like, yo, why they going? Yeah, we should be on mad mixtapes. So I was I was mm-hmm. always getting little Wayne. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I listen to it, that's another question. But I'm going to tell you this. Little Wayne's music was absolutely in the New York mixtape rotation. The DJs were playing his music. I, I, I have it. Mm. I see it. So, um, but, but really, what, the little dude from Bling Bling. It really, started, it really started from Bling Bling, though. Because once he went on Bling Bling and did his hook on Bling Bling, it like, Bling Bling. Are we gonna have to acknowledge that Bling Bling is a Hall of Fame song? Can we acknowledge that? Bling that Bling is the most influential songs because it it coined the term Bling. That's that is now a regular worded yeah. term, Bling. Yep. I remember when that you know Stephon Marbury went to the Source Award uh, the following year and was like, "Yeah, I'm Bling," and you know I got my Bling Bling on. Like that that was how everybody talked. Um, yep. So, me and you watched Lil Wayne go from a group, a guy in a group, to do his solo debut, which was The Block Is Hot. And we watched him do the Carter run, the Carter 1, 2, Boy, and 3. Boy, before you go to the Carter, though, he did flop with 500 Degrees, though. That's the album that a lot of you Lil Wayne fans don't like talking about for some reason. That was his Nostradamus. That was his Snoop Dogg, Dogfather album. That was a very bad album. And I believe during that time, Cash Money was not in sync like they were. It was Everybody was on doing their own thing and everything. But that 500 Degrees album was bad to the point. I, I felt Wayne had to revamp his style. You get what I'm saying? Like He had to like change up a little bit. And that's when we had the birth of what you're going through right now with the Carter series. You know what I mean? Did you understand or know at the time that the Carter series would be so influential that basically every rapper in hip-hop started putting sequels to their classic albums? Will you give Wayne that Uh, credit? Because I do. I actually do. Like when I saw saw, um, Raekwon do Cuban Link's... uh, Part two. Cuban Link's part two. Everybody started coming out with War Report part two, and everybody was doing these part twos and part twos. I was like, wow. wow that's a good point, Watts. That's I, a good I, point. Wow. I, I, so credit. So I credit. credit, credit we're going to credit Wayne? I, I'm saying I am, because they wasn't doing that before. But he was sticking to that Carter blueprint while he was the top rapper. He stayed with it. Every album that came out, he named it the Carter. And then I noticed all the rappers started doing part two. And part three, Joe Budden, to whatever music, classic album. Move Music One, Move Music Two, Move Music Three, Move Music Four. It was Joey Put was Joe Budden also in that fold of person? Uh, no, I don't put Wayne Miller. I don't. No, no, no. I don't put Joe Budden. For some reason, I don't put that. I think that was just a series. But I'm saying rappers using their official albums. I credit right, 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 Wayne's right. success with the Carter Run. So you might um, have a point though. What were some of your favorite Carter moments from his Carter 1, 2, and 3 albums? Um, off the Carter 1, I mean, Hey DJ was the big song for him, right? 
But he had a song on there called Miss My Dogs where I didn't know how Wayne felt about the um, cash money split up, right? And obviously him and Julie was going back and forth, exchanging words. And And for him to open up in that song, very introspective Wheezy right there, man. Uh, One of my favorite songs on the Carter one where he actually opened up and spoke about his, you know, how he felt about the cash money click, how he felt about Juvenile. Like he still had love for Julie, even though the words were going back and forth. Because let's be real, the streaks looked at Wayne kind of funny style. Like, my nigga, Julie just did 400 degrees, and you're doing 500 degrees now, fam? What are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Your 500 degrees doesn't even come comparison to Julie's 400 degrees. You dig what I'm saying? So... I think also that blew him up real big. We're talking about Dreads Wayne right now, him growing the Dreads now, like like nappy Dreads Wayne, right? And we could also go into the mixtape bag, and you and I have had a conversation about, we did an episode, if y'all never heard it before, Little Wayne versus 50 Cent, the mixtape game. I'm going to say this for, for me, I like watching Sky Seals in a minute. And I love 50 Cent always, for me, would be my guy when it comes to the uh, mixtape game. I always put him number one, right? You want to go to New York, New York, fine, cool. But I was listening to some of the dedication one and two the last couple of days, watch. And I'm just going to say this. I understand why the Southern Brothers and the young generation hold Wayne into a high regard, even if I don't fully agree with it, right? But I understand why they love Wayne so much when it comes to the mixtape game. I really, really understand it. You know what I mean? With dedication one, two, and three and stuff like that. Um, the Carter Part 2 also, I think a lot of people say, if you ask the average Wayne head, Carter 2 and Carter 3 are the fightful number one out of the series, which they like the most. Money on my mind and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, I, Carter 2 and Carter 3, Millie, let's be real, my nigga, Millie was like, we didn't, <laughs> I was not a fan of Lollipop, but I was a fan <laughs> of a lot of songs on um, Carter 3. For, for Wayne to get a Jay-Z verse on Mr. Carter, him and going back and forth with the whole, was very big. And Jay, you're my guy, one of my favorite rappers, but even you had to acknowledge that Wayne is here. He just had to acknowledge. He had to. Wayne, um, you know, Hope cannot deny that. Like when Hope talks about 50 Cent and, you know, all 50's coming, let's gear up and do songs. By Carter 2, Carter 3, Hope knew that Wayne was that dude. You know what I mean? I think one of the things that I started to realize that, wow, man, this dude is really something big in the industry is when he was on the Destiny Child single, Soldier, with T.I., and that was a big, big that song. So that, so that meant, and, and mind you, T.I. was on fire. T.I. was the self-proclaimed king of the South at that time. And then they had Wayne on there, too. So I'm looking like, okay. I see, shorty. So I clearly saw that his hard work was paying off. Um, now, let's get to the Carter two. What did you think about, was there any standouts for you on the Carter two? The Carter two had... Um, people, people will argue that that's his best Carter. You know that. People have argued me that. No, no, no. Listen, that's what I was saying a second ago. That people, people have Little Wayne, Carter two as one of their best um, Carter projects. Now, I will say this. At the time when he's doing the Carter 2, I know y'all ain't going to want to hear this, but I got to keep it real. This is when he was hanging around with Dipset a lot. He was hanging around Dipset a lot. I'm not saying he's Swagger Jack. I'm not saying that. Not at all. 
Um, well, Fireman, I believe, was on this. It was one of the first singles on this project, right? The first single, yeah. Yeah, first single. Um, yeah, Best Rapper Alive, that song was dope. Oh No, Grand Grown Man was was solid. Um, he had his version of Hit Him Up. I, Tupac had a better version of Hit Him Up, obviously. He's part of, he's part of himself. Um, Hustler music was fire. I want to keep, yo, Hustler music might have been my favorite song on Carter 2. I'm going to keep it tall. And I'm a D Web was straight. I'm a D Web was big too though. Carter Carter two. Some people have it as a five mic album. I have it as a four mic album for me. I gave it four mics. But some people have it as four and a half um, five. I have it as a strong four. Solid the album. song Hustler Music got the the song Hustler Music itself had a lot of New York City DJ mixtape burn. Mind you, the two mm-hmm. thousands for me, I was really a mixtape. I bought every mixtape, and the Hustler music was a favorite for the mixtape DJs. Listen, man, era. I thought Wayne Wayne was polished. By Carter two, I felt he was comfortable. And he was a polished. He was polished. And let me say this also: Can we give Wayne his flowers in the sense of Watson? You and I always talk about rappers holding it down for a year or two years, and that's so hard to me. Think about that, Watson. It's really hard hard to maintain. You know, 50 had his run. I mean, it's hard to maintain a run in hip-hop. But did anybody have an ill of four or five-year run that win? Well, like, he, we, he, um, we cannot deny him, son. We can deny this. No, 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 no. I, I thought Wayne's run, when once Wayne got into his run, he demanded – the, the 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 cream of the crop in hip hop pay homage to him and acknowledge him. I'm the one who will always say Wayne made Eminem. Come out of the basement, come out of hiding, get out of whatever drugs you're doing, and you're gonna do some songs. <laughs> like I, so he did that. They put he had he brought Eminem out from wherever Eminem was and had him performing on Saturday Night Live. M is a absolute hip hop nerd. I mean, not M. You well, M is, but I'm saying Wayne is a hip hop yeah. nerd, a a, a person who studies hip hop, studies the culture. Wayne's life is hip hop. If you see the joy and enthusiasm he had when him and Wayne, when him and Eminem was performing, he was so happy. He loved doing Hello Brooklyn with Sean Carter. He loved being courted by Jay Z. Wayne, and I'm going to say this, you can make the argument Wayne had the illest run of the decade of the 2000s. If you take the entire decade, because you said something, he did 500 degrees, it didn't pan out the way he wanted to, man, he rolled no. his sleeves up and came right back with the car. Yes, yes, But the fact that he did that, that that shows that yo he didn't, he didn't sweat that and let that stop him. He immediately went Word. back at Facts. it. You have you have to acknowledge that like so like I said, if you want to make an argument, you can say Wayne was the two thousand. Like because there's no Dog, other listen man. Ti runs around here. Clifford runs around here talking about the king of the south. I do not have Ti over Wayne. I don't know about you. I, I don't. Okay, so so I don't. Now, 
was I listening to more T.I. and more into the T.I. King of the South move right. that, that he was doing? Mm-hmm. I was. But Wayne was doing it before T.I. and Wayne was doing it during T.I. and Wayne became the bigger star. Like Wayne's plateau. Wayne did something. Eminem did it. Wayne did it. Mm-hmm. I think Drizzy did it. I'm not sure. But I know these are the only mm-hmm. guys I know that sold a million in one week. And Wayne did. When that Carter sold a yeah, million Carter, in one week, that Carter, three, that Carter three, that Carter three sold some units. And let me say this also, man. We're in an era right now where Swizz and Timberland doing all these verses and shit like that. Watch. I don't know how many niggas want to see Wayne in the verses, man. I love Hope, but I'll be scared for Hope a little bit, man. In the verses? Let's put Wayne it got a mean 20. Uh, mean me 20. Like a mean 20. Fam. Me and you reviewed, me and you reviewed Doggy Style, and we reviewed Get Rich or Die Trying, and we talked about the anticipation of those albums. When Doggy Style came out, it set records for how many people bought it, over 800,000. When Give It to Die Trying came out, 50 released it early, but it sold records, over 800,000 copies copped, right? The Massacre, too. The Massacre sold. Little Wayne. 1.4. Little Wayne. Yes. So, yeah, so, yeah, so that's what it, so 50 and Eminem and Little Wayne legitimately sold over a million copies in one week, meaning crazy. they literally had the entire music world under them. That Little Wayne in 08 ran hip-hop. Like, I watched it. Now, yes, I didn't have yes. to be a fan of Little yep. Wayne or be yep. into this music to not see it. Like, it, I, I could not avoid it. Everybody rapped over a milli. By the way, Wayne, I'm never going to let you slide for taking Corey Guns off of the original Amelie verse because Corey Guns was on there. And, and, and the powers that be took him off, and that was so suckerish. And that, and you were guilt-ridden. You had so much guilt in your heart for taking Corey Guns off of the original Amelie that you had to put him on 6'7". You had to. You had to because you were guilt though. Oh man! I remember, oh, I'm trying to it with him, and then I see the yeah. video, and there's nowhere to be found. I hated that, by the way. You know that bothered me so much. But that's just yeah. that's, that's just something that bothered me. Um, so now hey, hold on. let's get something also. Hold on, there's something also I want to give Wayne his props on, and we give a lot of artists they props on hooks and everything. I think Wayne doesn't get his flowers also on hooks, like in that run that he had. I mean, Duffel Bag Boy, um, Hook and everything like that. Like, he was mastering hooks also. You get what I'm saying? So I, I got to give Wayne his props. Did you? Just on the hook what aspect did of you think about? What did you think about his collab album with Baby, like Father Like Son, where they had that big song, Stunting Like My Daddy? Uh, I'm going to give Wayne his props. I believe he wrote, he wrote Baby's verses, right? Um that Wayne, I, I like that Wayne. Cause that Wayne was more in his rock and roll vibe. Is like I'm just chilling right now. And like, like he just dog. He couldn't miss, man. The man couldn't miss everything he was touching. Was 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 on point, man. He was just on like that run. Like I said, that run that Wayne had. I don't know if we'll ever see anybody have a. I mean, Drake obviously is having. He's had a run, but um, Wayne's run, man, when he just dominated hip hop. He's dominating the radio, dominating features, dominating just every aspect of hip-hop. You know, like Eminem, like you said, to bring Eminem outside, to bring Hov outside. 
You have M and Hove, who's at the top of the pecking order, where they had to respect him. They literally had to respect Wayne when they walk in a room. They couldn't big bro Wayne too much. You get what I'm saying? They still had to put respect on his name. And, and something that you and I always talk about, young guys in hip-hop, for Wayne to be a young I think we spoke about it earlier, but for Wayne to be a young guy from where he was, to be the youngest guy in that cash money click, right, and it surpassed his older brothers and everything, that was big, man. That was real big. And he just couldn't do no wrong and everything. Um, the Carter 4 to me was an okay album. I did not like the Carter 5. We reviewed that album. I'm sorry, I just it didn't resonate with me at that time. But Wayne also, I want to give Wayne his flowers also on the people that he's birthed, hip-hop-wise, the young thugs, all these guys. You know what I'm saying? He's birthed a lot of the culture, man. A lot of the young guys. After us watch, he's birthed a lot of young boys, man. You know what I mean? I uh, absolutely agree with you. Now, let's go into mixtape Wayne. Um, people will argue with me on Twitter all day that, no, it wasn't 50 in G-Unit. Wayne yeah. is the mixtape yeah. hero. Yeah. Wayne is yeah. the mixtape. Uh, I've got so that too. Yeah. Let's highlight. So, so highlight what you think are some of his mixtape uh, catalog that was very impactful to the culture. And I'm going to start off with his – Mixtape with Jules Santana. Okay. Um, Can't see my face and everything. I remember they were wrapped over. They wrapped over. I whip your head, boy. They were rapping over all the the beats Black of that Republican. time. I remember. I remember. Yes, yes. Black Republican. I vividly remember when that mixtape came out, and I made a very controversial post on S O H H. I mm. said, "Why are all you little?" Wayne fans acting like Jules Santana ain't out rap Wayne on every song. And that started oh, off right. a they, fire. They did not like that. <laughs> Yo, that started off a firestorm. Because what you, is not trying to hear that. What you highlighted, what you highlighted, but I didn't go into, I would like to know what Wayne fans, people who love Wayne, grew up with him, he's their generation's GOAT. Well, y'all, what did y'all think when y'all used to see him in Harlem? With Jim Jones and Cam, always in their videos, always on DVDs. Anytime they needed a feature from him, he was there. It was like he was clearly had a relationship with them. One of my favorite yes. songs, one of my all-time favorite Wayne songs, is the song on the Jim Jones album called Weatherman with Stack Bundles. I actually love that song. Like, really love mm. that song. I get, you know, mm. so... In terms of mixtape Wayne, give me your thoughts on mixtape Wayne and his contribution to the culture um, in that way. Like I, I listen to dedication. Just I'm talking about dedication. One with, with um, GJ Trauma, man, and the dedication. The intro to dedication is dope. The overhead, the down and out, the down and out song that Kanye did. He rapped on that beat. He rapped on a lot of popular beats out fire. And the thing about Wayne is he didn't just rap on Southern beats, bro. He rapped on everybody's beat. That was artists that he rocked with. And he was just killing, killing it with freestyles, man. He was really killing that, that dedication mixtape. So I understand what to people could say, you know, if a nigga that's from Atlanta or, 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 or from the South, you know, yo, fam, that junior shit was cool, but we was out here listening to Wheezy Hard, and this is what he meant to us, and this is what we was rocking every day. Yeah, we know 50 of them was over there, but this is what meant more to us all I can do, all I can do, is respect it. Even if I'm, a, even if I feel different, I have to respect it, because I know what Wayne means to the culture, man. He meant a lot to the culture. 
this man was having seizures and everything like that. People were really worrying about his health and shit. Not gonna win nothing's ever happened to him because if something happened to Wayne, man, I would hate to, I would hate to have to do a show with you talking about Wayne. Like, I will, where will we begin? Because we, like I said, we know what Wayne means to the culture itself. You get what I'm saying? I for me, I would not think that he was gonna surpass Juvie and him, but he did. He surpassed a lot of dudes, fam. Like I said, that King of the South talk shit, what T.I. was doing, uh, like I said, I got Wayne over T.I., man. If I'm doing a Southern list of MC, my top five, Southern artists of all time, watch, Wayne is in my top five of Southern artists of all time. I don't know about you, but I got Wayne in my so, top five of all time, Southern artists. So now, so now, so now I'm really going to give him the flowers. Little Wayne is single-handedly responsible for the last 10 years of hip-hop. Who's run hip-hop? His influence? Um, There is no way me and you can even act like he didn't put Nicki Minaj and Drake. Yes. Drake and Mount Rushmore. The positions they are in right now, it is solely... Because of Little Wayne, like you can work hard all you want, but somebody got to give you that look. Somebody got to put their arms around you and make it work the way Ross did for Meek. Like, like some somebody has to do that at some point. L- like M did for Fifty. Let's be clear. Right. Fifty was here. Yes. M thing helped, but what, what when he did the Young Money? Now, like like I said, I had no idea that the youngest, littlest dude. And the Hot Boys was going to end up taking over rap. I had no idea that Ogie from Fendi and the Come Up DVDs, this girl that I'm watching, or Drake, this dude from Degrassi High in a wheelchair, <laughs> is going to start rapping with Wayne. And I thought, okay, where's where's this going? I remember vividly in 08 and 09 when they was rapping with him. And I was like, okay, was this going to go anywhere? Little did I know you'd have a female who would end up running hip-hop for the next seven years, unopposed. And then you'd have Drake, who has gone on an unprecedented run of epic proportion that no artist in history, basically, has ever seen for 10 straight years. That, that is where Wayne really is why his legacy is, is enshrined. Right. It's why DJ Khaled, it's why DJ Khaled and the Fat Joe look like clowns jumping up on the pool. (laughs) Wayne rapping over the takeover, jumping up and down. Fat Joe, man, Fat Joe, you act like you ain't heard people rap over an ill beat before. Like, you bug me (laughs) out sometimes. You jump up and down because Wayne is rapping over the takeover. If Cameron over takeover is better than this Wayne over takeover, and I ain't hear Wayne over takeover yet. I would agree with that. Okay, I would and agree I, with that. without hearing, without hearing this Wayne verse over takeover that DJ Khaled is jumping up and down with Fat Joe, I'm going to rock it. Saying that takeover freestyle is going to be better than this Wayne freestyle. That's just me saying. And, and let's be real. Hold on now. Let's talk about Fat Joe now. Fat Joe has said numerous times that that Make It Rain song, once again, Wayne on the hooks. Wayne on the hooks. Like I said, Make It Rain was one of his biggest songs, he said. Absolutely. Now, that was, that was when Lil Wayne ran hip-hop. Uh, another thing. Also, before you go, also, we talk about work, work ethics 
in hip-hop, right? A lot of times people say Tupac's work ethic was crazy because as he passed away, we still had so much unreleased music, right? I'm throwing Wayne also in, the, also in that category, a first-team all-worthic in hip-hop. Wayne, definitely. Definitely is in that group for me. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with you that Wayne must be in that category. Another thing, just to let you know how great Wayne is, we did an appreciation for Jadakiss. And we talked about how he was just, he's been spinning five mic verses for 25 years. Fat Joe got into a little bit of hot water recently. He was on Funk Flex, and he said, I got Wayne over Jadakiss as an MC." And boy, oh boy, did wow. that set off so many people. But that just highlights that because Fat Joe was living in Miami when Wayne was out there, Fat Joe was living in, like, seeing the real yep. impact of how big an artist Wayne was. And you know, Jadakiss has never been, Jadakiss has never run hip-hop. Let's just be clear. It's not even a comparison That's a fact. in terms of uh, what Wayne has accomplished as a rapper. First of all, Wayne has a better work ethic than Jadakiss. Just bait to yep. He works. I would agree. He raps more. I agree. He he puts out more work. <laughs> he puts and guess what? And the people Wayne put on, some of them became the biggest rappers of all time, and some of them, you know, what yeah, do you man. think about the young with Gutter Gutter and Jay Mills and Corby Guns? What did you and think Tiger. about that era? Hold on, you got to know yeah. Tiger in there because Tiger was real successful. Yeah, on that Young Money, on that Young Money umbrella, he was very successful. You know what I mean? Young Money was popping, man. Like I mean, Wayne had. A star-studded lineup. I mean, you know, him leading the forefront and everything. But Drake and and Onika obviously were the stars of that particular group and everything. You know, to the point where I felt like Drake was rapping like Wayne a little bit in the early in the early Young Money era. He was his cadence and everything was very little Wayneish. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I think what derailed Wayne. But see, this is not even, this is what's so ill about Wayne. Wayne's run. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne never had to put out any more music, as far as I'm concerned, to be established as the all-time great. Agree. After 2010. I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think after the car, Wayne, Wayne had completely done everything you could ever want in a hip-hop career. But what it was is because he was so young doing hip-hop, he was only in his late 20s by the time the car came out, Carter 3. That's crazy. So, but I will say this. Um... We didn't like Wayne's later music, just after jail music. Now, no. what could I per, what what do you think I was missing with his after he left Rikers Island music? You know, Carter Carter Four, Carter Five. The Carter Four wasn't bad, right? It, it wasn't just. I mean, you can't have Carter One, Two, and Three, and then like you said early in the show, you have that 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 series going on. And after a while, it's like, okay, the series now, Wayne, it's kind of like run its muck. It's run its course. It doesn't have that same sound anymore. And then I thought going into Carter 5, Wayne's choice of beats, Wayne's – now, I'm, I got to be real. Was Wayne ever really the top-notch lyricist? I had no. But his wordplay, I think Wayne, Wayne's wordplay also was phenomenal. I would give him that, right? His energy also – but I felt Wayne was missing something about Carter Five. The bars wasn't really too crazy anymore, like real generic, to be honest with you. That's what kind of took it away from for me. But like you said, there's me saying I didn't like the Carter Five and giving it three mics. Mean that 
Wayne was not already a Hall of Famer. Wayne was already a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame, right in my in my eyes. You know what I mean? So, no, I didn't like his some of his music within the last couple of years. No, I can't say that. Even though I did like his verse also on Damian Marley and Nas album, Little Wayne did have a feature on there that Next Generation Generation song. Wayne killed that shit. I'm not even gonna hold you. Wayne killed his verse. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's talk okay. about another thing. We talked about it, but are we sliding Wayne that Wayne isn't a feature god? That he doesn't have every kind of feature you can think of? He's there, man. He's there. He's there. Who hasn't? I Wayne remember rapper, vividly. I remember vividly. There was a there's like a two year period where Wayne seemed to be on every song that came out. If it was hip hop or R and B, he was like the child. Dog. And that's the thing. He he was taking care of both avenues, hip hop and R and B. That's the wild shit about yes, it. Yes, I you control I both felt of them. There was a, I felt there was a period where Wayne was the go to rapper to get for any label if you had an R and B act that you wanted to break. I remember when um what was that dude named that Irv Gotti signed? Uh remember that dude that he signed? That that R and B guy that signed to Murder Inc.? Lloyd. Lloyd. Lloyd did a song. Oh, Lloyd, that's right, Lloyd, Wayne, Lloyd, yep, Lloyd, Lloyd. Wayne was on that. Wayne was, Wayne, okay, here's another, Wayne had Bobby a Donatino. phenomenal relationship. Wayne had a phenomenal yeah. relationship with Chris Brown. And I'm going to say this, this is where Wayne really gets his flowers, and you said it, but it needs to be highlighted. Wayne made the auto-tune rapper become the way people think rap is. So okay. there's an entire generation that the only rap they know is auto-tune rapping. Yep. That's Wayne. People want to say T-Pain, but T-Pain sang in auto-tune. Wayne rapped in auto-tune. But, and uh, Wayne you said the name, though, but what, but what? You said T-Pain's name, man. I don't. I might agree with the pain name you said, though, bro. I'm not mad at the Wayne thing you said, but uh, we're, we're going to discredit T-Pain and put them second I'm not discrediting T Pain. I'm not discrediting T Pain. I'm talking about rappers rapping in auto tune. Okay, okay. Gotcha. T Pain's right, influence right. was auto tune. Right. But Little Wayne went through a period where he rapped in his auto tune voice. And guess what? To an entire generation of MCs that was so influential, that is how they rap now. They rap in auto tune. That's from Wayne. I'm giving Wayne that credit. I'm not giving Young Thug that credit. I'm giving Wayne right. that credit. Right. So that's another. That's an and and here's another thing with Wayne. You know, DJ Khaled and Fat Joe running around, jumping up and skipping down, hearing a Wayne verse over takeover, and y'all act like y'all just heard the illest verse of all time because <laughs> y'all acted like that. Um, this is what that shows me. 2020, Wayne is still held in high regard. He's revered, and as long as Mount Rushmore. Drizzy the GOAT stays no, the GOAT. Wayne is always going to be great because he, he, he can't hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He never I do not have Drake. I do not have Drake over Little Wayne at all. No, no, no. I, I understand that. I understand that. Oh, okay. Listen, I understand that. But the point I'm making is that Drake's success, as long as Drake is successful as he is, you can never not think of Wayne. Right, 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 right. And that's and that's and that's how Wayne is always going to forever be enshrined first ballot right. of famous. 
That's what it is, man. It's little Wayne appreciation, man. Shout out to Weezy F, baby. You know what I mean? N O New Orleans and everything. Even though Wayne, I don't know how you 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 don't rep any of your team. You're not a Saints fan. You're a Packers fan. You're a Lakers fan. But either handle that, okay? Fine. Take us on watch. P S A Hip Hop, the home of currency. Currency. The home of currency. The rapper that three knows, three knows about currency. Currency yeah. had to deal with Dame Dash. Currency rapped with Lil Wayne on a squad up. PSA Hip Hop is the home of currency because three used to rock out to currency. <laughs> <laughs> no, I rocked that more than Kid Kid if we're going to stay in New Orleans and everything. Like, listen, yo, hold on. We got some love for, for New Orleans, though. 3D Nazi. You love 3D Nazi very much. You know what I'm saying? I've interviewed, I've talked, chopped it up with her before. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Wayne Kid Kid. I love Kid Kid. Kid Kid was my guy in G Unit, man. I wish Wayne listen, Kid Kid was with Wayne. He was on um Cardi Three. Um the policeman song. Um Kid Kid and everything. You know what I mean? So let's let's be let's be clear on that. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is, man. PSA hip hop, man. It's your boy three and watch y'all know the vibes already, man. Fuck with your boys. What? <laughs> 